It's just a great joy. It's a great joy just to be here and just to kind of share. Um, I always get quite quite emotional. I think when I when I hear such great music and passion, um, singing God's praises, and um, I think even start starting off, you know, I think when time marches on, you know, and um, a lot of us were teenagers at one time. Um, but I always I always say to people, um, I, w- I would never have reached my thirties if I hadn't been converted. I was about 27, but I'd been married and before that for a couple of years and divorced. Um, so it's, it's, um, it goes without saying, but I say it, and I remember saying that every, every week I get into Berlin prison, and, um, and I, I say to the, the prisoners, I couldn't live with my guilt that I had um, before I was a Christian. I was brought up a Roman Catholic, so I was taught about the gospel. I never really believed that because I'd done what I felt like doing. Um, and like Mick, Mick Jagger, I was a 60s boy, and Mick Jagger sang about can't get no satisfaction. But I can assure you, I tried every possible way for satisfaction. And I always say this it left me with a massive power of guilt that I couldn't shift. So when I heard the gospel, it changed, it changed everything. Um, you know, the, the reading I was going to read there, it was, it was announced, it was 1, one John, it's, it's really 1 Peter. <laughs> doesn't matter, doesn't matter, it's no big, it's no big deal, isn't it? Actually, we, we don't fall out with each other because of the mistake of our reading. But let me just read this um, couple of verses for, for, for 1 Peter. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves with also the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body has finished with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in the reckless world living and heap abusing you, but they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge, judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard the body, but live according to God in regard the spirit. In that verse 3, it says, For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do. And that's how I would emphasize that. Um, I knew what it was. My mother and father brought us up to, to live a kind of half decent life. I was a good Catholic boy, went to chapel, um, went to confession. I think I went to confession more than a lot of other people. Um, but the funny thing was, it never, I never, um, it never stopped me doing the things that I knew wasn't right. Uh, I worked as an electrician in the early days of my 20s, and um, I worked in Carstairs, you know, and there was a lot of guys from Glasgow that were in Carstairs for years for crimes they committed. So when I was in my early 20s, late teens to early 20s, um, I wanted my doctor to, to, to say that I was mentally ill. But I wasn't mentally ill. I was a sinner. And when I understood what, what the gospel was, that I was born in sin, I was an nice wee baby, I, I'm sure, what is all, um, but born in sin according to scripture. Um, so there's no nice wee babies, there's, a, there's wee sinners. As, as a pastor that led me to Christ said, you were a wee sinner, um, but you're a nice wee baby. And that's why um, 
you know, coming to, to faith and, and, and what Christ had done changed everything. Um, but equally, when you live a life that you deeply regret, um, there's, a, there's a lot of folks, family and, and friends, um, I've got a great, um, I'm not going to say delight, but I've got a great memory of reminding you of how you used to be. You know, so, um, but when I accepted that, and, and I knew that this amazing grace of God, um, I had to look that up in the dictionary, grace. I wasn't that good at school. I just wanted to play football and, 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 and run about. You know, so, um, when, I, when I understood what that meant, grace was, was a gift that God offered you. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. Um, you accept it that Christ died for you um, because you couldn't save yourself. You know, and it was a guy, when I got sober, eventually, I thought my big problem was, was I took drink. Other people take other drugs. I took drink. But when I got sober, I was sober for two years, ten months for two years and I thought, drunk, ten months drunk. And then I, uh, I heard the gospel. I heard there was guys that were in Alcoholics Anonymous that were Christians that went to this group. It was Alcoholics Victorious. It was changed into Stourus. <coughs> which means it's another Greek word for the cross. And, uh, and so I went, I went along to that, just to, just to do my nosy. Could there be something here? And, and it was really all of a sudden, you know, um, what I'd heard as a boy, you know, about Jesus dying for me, which really, you know, I, very good. I couldn't wait to go and play football after that, going to chapel was. I'm sure was, I, I, I loved a lot of Protestants as well, you know, up in Mary Hill, you know, so um, football was, it was uh, the real ambition just to, to, to kick the ball. And I couldn't wait to get out of school. You know, so living with guilt and then thinking there was, no, there was no answer to the guilt. And all of a sudden it changed. And I knew that Christ died for me. I used to wonder. Um, I knew that in my head. I knew that because I was taught it. Um, but it, what it really done, it indicated to me um, how stubborn really I was. I was the one to know that truth that was going to set me free from a bondage that I could never release myself. It's, it's like drug addiction. Um, you know, you, you can encourage people to come off drugs, um, but they're still in bondage, according to the, the scriptures. Sin is just like addiction, as a friend says. You can't stop being a sinner. You know, you, want to, you might want to live a good life, which a lot of people do, um, but that doesn't bring salvation, living a good life. Um, Christ di- died um, to forgive us. When I knew that He died to forgive me, um, He done something in me. I believe that, that I wanted to live a good life, and and, and trust that um, to be a witness. Um, and I found that I think more difficult, and it's been more difficult over the last the last um, number of years. Um, so that's that's like forty years ago. Um, I was about twenty-seven at the time. I was quite sure I would never reach my thirties um, if something didn't change in me. And it was God I believed in it. You know, so 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 coming to that place where um, nobody able to love yourself because of guilt. Um, and as I say, I started to say the young guy in Berlinia a number of years ago says to me, "What was it you're guilty about?" And I says to him. You don't have to know specifics of what I was guilty about. I'm not asking you why you're in jail now. 
I could say that because I know them well. Um, but when you know that there's a guilt and you know it's hanging over you and you know that the, at the end of the day the scripture talks about um, facing judgment um, I knew that was true I knew that was true so what that le- led me to was the centrality of the Christian message and that was Jesus and him crucified for my sin I couldn't care tuppence about somebody else's sin you know, I don't, I don't mean that in any kind of way that I didn't care about, about other people. I couldn't, I, I couldn't afford to care about other people because I was too heavily sinking myself. And that's why getting sober, you know, not taking drink, I was demented. I was demented drunk. Now I'm demented sober. Not a nice place to be, you know. I used to take drink and I used to think, oh, it's great, sing songs and all that, and everybody's happy, happy as Larry. And um, I wasn't happy. I was never content with anything as I look back on that in my 20s. You know, so I was about 27, things changed for me. And, and it was just right after that, I got, I got a job with, with, with the Talbot Association. And I was there several years. And, um, and it was great for me. You know, guys that were alcoholic and drunk and, you know, just, just in a terrible state. And I was able to come alongside and, and, and try to encourage them. Um, you know, I never reached the Talbot stage. I don't think it's a stage you reach. It's just a, it's, um, I met a lot of different people within the Talbot that came from all sorts of backgrounds, from the, the, the lowest background to the highest background. As, as a former minister put it well, there was the down and out, and there was the up and out. So the person that, that didn't have very much you know, financially, materially, and the person that had it all, according to scripture, you're out. You're heading for the rocks, and, and, and it's a nightmare. Yeah. When I understood that, what the gospel was saying, it wasn't about background. It was about, who do you trust? Do you really believe that Jesus died for you? And that, was, that, was, that just overwhelmed me when I knew that was true for me. But as I say, you know, the work itself, you know, just, just going through it, just several years. My son, Paul, I got married. Um, I had been divorced. I need to throw this in. So that's me, but married, people used to like, you've been married three times. Oh, you know, and all of a sudden it's a big shock. Um, a lot of people have been, maybe had a worse situation in time than me. Um, but that was just the way my life, my life was. Married for a couple of years, divorced, um, was converted, and uh, I married Maureen, who died in 2001, with her son Paul, who my friend knows him. He was at school with him. Where is he? Where is he? What's his name again? Simon. Simon was at school with my son Paul. Um, so he was a miracle baby. We didn't think there was any children. But she died in 2001. But she was converted really through the work. Um, you know, she was Scotch Woman of the Year, funny enough, I know, um, because this because of the work she, that we were involved in. And, um, and it, it's amazing how God uses things. I think when I understood that God uses people that are nothing, um, I knew there was nothing. I knew there was, there was no hope. I thought we were going to be a good football player for the young guys, you know, um, and, and that would have made me something. Um, but I would, I would have been a demented football player um, waiting in judgment. You know, so it was, it was just great to know that there was a hope that I was able to, you know, to share with other people, the, the guys and, and lassies that we met in the street. It was just part of the whole, the whole work. You were meeting all sorts of pe- people, 
um, Anderson, the Anderson area at that time. It was gung-ho, it was, it was, there was all sorts of drug addiction, um, and we, through the council, were able to get these refugees, former pubs, and we, and we converted them in, good word that, and it converted them into a refuge for the folks to come in, lassies that would go on the street, and um, folks that were on drugs. Um, so it weren't like a fair. I mean, it was, uh, I think you need, you need a wee bit, a, a bit of a sense of humour to kind of cope with it, you know, and, um, and, uh, and it was just a great time. It was just a great time for coming alongside people and seeing them at, at, at the, the pit of their position and, you know, how do you get out of this? How, do, how does life change? Um, that's when I seen it was, it has to be God that does something. God has to does, do something in us that, that, that you want to tell people. You can't help telling them, you know. And I think that's the thing that, that really um, overwhelmed me. Um, telling people about this amazing gift. It wasn't going to cha- chapel and church, which um, God's gave me a great hunger and thirst for his word. And so it's going to church and reading the scriptures. But I went to chapel to, to tick a box um, in, case, in case the priest asked me, were you chapel on Sunday? <laughs> or, 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 you know, um, so it was attending. Um, but then when I understood that um, you can't kid God on, you can't, him who made the eyes, do you think he doesn't see? Made the ears, do you think he doesn't hear? Um, he knows what you're up to. <laughs> he knows if you're trying to pull the wool over his eyes and looking at Jesus um, and dying um, a cursed death that I deserved. It becomes personal. It wasn't just in general, all my pals. I, and you hear that quite often, don't you? Um, oh, I don't believe in all that. You know, we'll all be in hell, hell together. We'll have a great time. Um, I knew it was a nightmare I was looking forward to. And I knew when I heard the message of the gospel that really, it changed me. It changed, it changed everything. It changed every, every preconceived idea that I had what religion was. And, um, and then the work went on for, for the other Talbot days and left there. Um, St. Paul was just born and um, we, we set up uh, Open Door Trust at the time. And that went for a number of years. Still in the city centre, working through the Free Church of Scotland. And, you know, so it was right in the area. And, and we're still there. We're still there working uh, eventually, we, we were able to open up groups for mothers and children, mothers that, that struggle um, and just needed a bit of backup and support. We had a lot of church fellowships that helped us. So it wasn't a gung-ho, as if, you know, you're in this together. Um, we're, we're really meant to be mutual encouragers to one another if we're, if we're Christian believers. And that's what, I love, that's what I love about the Christian faith. It wasn't a, um, this church or place is, is, is better than anybody else. Um, we understood that we were all sinners we were on a boat and that boat sinking and there was only one saviour and it was Jesus who gave his life as a ransom to buy his back um, to life, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full he says so that really presupposes that we don't have life we've got existence and we're waiting we're waiting a crushing blow at the end of that existence and he averted it on the cross at Calvary. I couldn't emphasise that enough, you know, for, for, for the cross and what, what the cross means. Um, you know, we could sing hymns, I, you know, I could sing hymns. I used to sing hymns drunk and stuff like that, you know. Um, oh, the old rugged cross, and I had no clue. I had no clue what it meant. 
until I was brought to my knees and it helped me to look up. Um, if I get emotional here, you just give a kick or something like that, you know, so it's, <laughs> you know, she's looking at me askance here, she's like, oh, um, so it's, it's just a, um, it overwhelms me, you know, the work's helped us, but the, work's, the, the work is the work that I believe God has called us into, um, but I trust that the work doesn't replace um, waiting in him. You know, you can, you can easily substitute work um, for serving God, you know, the work itself, instead of worshipping God. You know, that's why it was great to, great to, just to hear that worship there and, and just, um, just spend time. Because we're dead busy. We're dead busy all the time. You know, the one busy way that you're... I, often, I say you're meeting yourself coming back. You're that busy. You know, uh, and it's no good to be that busy. Um, you know, if, if, if we don't give that quality time to the Lord who gave us the energy to be busy, um, we're getting it back to front, you know, and I, and I think that's things that I hope that Mags and I are learning as we go. So between us, Mags and I get married <coughs> 2003. See if I get mixed up with days, I had to get a book thrown at me there. <laughs> and, um, and between us, we have, we have five children, um, Max had three children. Um, I had Paul, but the daughter in my early twenties, um, Lisa, who's now forty, forty. Um, so I was married for two, three years and divorced. So that's not something you can just put under the carpet and think, well, that just goes away. Um, and through. My daughter Lisa has been married. She's, she's now has, has two daughters. And I don't see them. And that's, that's a consequence of a past life that, um, that I deeply regret. But deep, deep regret for past days without me hearing the gospel that there was, there was forgiveness for me. I knew forgiveness was coming for what God done in Christ. But I think over the last 40 years, um, some people might never forgive you and understand that. I totally understand that. Um, so it's keep my eyes fixed. You know, can I sang about it there? It's keep my, my eyes fixed on him. If I had to look into myself in some sort of way, I would sink. Um, but, but Jesus says, I'll never leave you. He says that to us all if you're a believer. I'll never leave you. And he says never, he means never. I'll never forsake you. Um, and it's really looking to what he's done for me. So the cross isn't just a general thing, which it was for me for, for, for years. Um, I, the cross. Um, I remember when I was 19, I was, I was at the Celtic Rangers game, the Ibrox disaster. And I was, at the, I was at the Celtic end. And it wasn't I got back in a pub that, that, that day. I heard that um, 66 Rangers supporters died. You know, so that was the result. I'm sitting there happy in the pub and, and it was tragedy for a lot of families in Glasgow. And it wasn't after I was converted. I read the account that Jesus spoke about when a tower, a tower of Siloam fell on 18 people and crushed them. And it took me right back to Ibrox that day. <clears throat> and what he says, what he says about, about that tower falling those people, he says to the folks that were alive, except you repent, you too shall perish. 
So that could, I could have been that crowd or that, that disaster could have happened at the Celtic end and I could have been part of that. And God in his mercy helped me to repent that I was a sinner. Um, it wasn't just that I was a sinner, you know. Um, I, did, I wasn't that fond of Protestants or Orangemen. Um, you know, and that all came into it for me because that was the way I was brought up. But when I understood what a Christian was, a Christian knows that he or she is a sick person and they can't get well unless they come to the great physician of their soul who died for them. I knew that in my head for years. I knew it, but I didn't know it. Um, but when, when it got that bad for me um, and, and understood that, uh, I could have done metaphorical somersaults with excitement. So the work went on. And today, as I say, we're chanting, we're now chanting Glasgow. Time marches on. And, and it's just a matter of time, isn't it, before time, time comes to an end. Um, and you retire. You know, I'm well by retiring age, but you don't retire as a Christian. You just do things a bit slower. And I still do that with the, the grandkids and playing football and all that. And I, I get into a corner and go, you know, and uh, because I'm so keen for that. I still, I still, I still can remember the days, you know, just when you're... Um, I went about with, um, when I was converted, I went about with um, Bertie Old's um, brother, Ian. Now, Ian was a, was, a, was a classic guy. Ian, was, Ian was, was, was jailed for a murder down in England. And, and he served a life sentence. And he was converted just before he left prison. And he, he and I became best of pals. You know. So, see, when I realised you know, that he was overwhelmed with the grace of God that saved him. He still had a wreckage for the past. People remember him when he was... He held, he held a knife at my throat when I was about 13, wanting some money off me. I had no money. You know, so... And, um, but that's the kind of guy he was. Um, but deeply regretted. And Ian passed into glory a number of years ago. But he was, he was saved. He married a nice lassie and he had a, a child. So, you know... So, he was secure. But he had a background... Just like we all have backgrounds. And that's, that's the great thing about, you know, working, working with Channon. You're, you're trying to encourage people with the gospel. The boys in prison, we, we do that every Friday, and we go through Mark's gospel usually, but it opens up to, to all sorts of great discussions um, and inv- invitations when they're liberated. Come to St. Vincent Street, we've got groups going on there, and uh, we try to keep in touch with people. So we try to keep focused on, on the work, um, that we would um, truly, as scripture says, live for God's glory and the good of other people. You know, and, um, and I think that's just, it's the greatest privilege to do that. You know, um, I've got a great wife, and as I say, we've got five kids between us. Not everybody's talking to us, but that's just the way of it. That's just the way of it. Um, we love them, and, we, and we, we do what Jesus tells us today hold the children up to me, you hold them up to me. No matter if they're just five years of age or they're 35 years of age, hold them up to me. And that stops me and us getting full of overwhelming sadness, which it would be, you know, and, and crushing. And, uh, and, and that, that's what I love about the gospel. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. I can't get over it. It just, it just it does something to me. Um, and, you know, and, and that great verse in, in the Old Testament, in Isaiah, it says, I'll keep him. He's saving him and her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. 
So my mind can go into all sorts of things that isn't good. But words, the scripture, God's word, brings me back to that good place that my mind stayed on. What I've done for you, I want you to do for whosoever you come across. And that's what, that's what really encourages me. Um, I'm thrown away with the time. I don't know where it is. Where is it? Yeah, we're all right. It's, it's just, it, just, it just blows my mind with, with, with just um, encouragement. Nobody would ever force me to do anything. Um, you know, so I know this, this amazing grace I go. I had to look. I would say I wasn't good at school by any means. I had to look it up in the dictionary what, what grace meant. As I said, you know, you can't earn it, you can't work for it. It's, it's a gift that's offered, you know. Uh, so so how, how can that grace touch somebody else? Um, especially some people you don't even, you, you wouldn't want to go um, and, and have a cup of tea with. You know, I don't like her. I don't like her. Um, Jesus loved his enemies. You know, that, that, that overwhelms me. He loved people that hated him. Um, so that's no natural, supernatural. You know, so it's, it's, it's trusting that God does that work in us. Um, I'm, I'm probably um, helped myself with just, um, um, Mags would pull me up for it, for being maybe too light-hearted and, and see the joke on things, you know. And, 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 uh, but it helps me to, to lighten up with, with people that are maybe ultra-serious. You know, if somebody doesn't want to hear the gospel, you know, I don't, you can't force it on somebody. But I know when, um, you know, your lifestyle, like that passage, you know, that, that I read, if your lifestyle changes for one thing, for being involved in all sorts of um, stuff that isn't good, until to, to the, the, the very opposite, you know, some people would say to you, who do you think you are? Um, Mag's got a friend that says that to her. Um, I, I was well just flipping it through, this lassie um, Karen. She's a big lassie we used to meet in the street. Big glasses used to used to give the guys a doing, used to beat them up and that. You know, and, um, she's a character. But Karen took on well, and she died a few years ago. Um, and uh, and she came to Christ before she died. Big rough lassie. But she used to say to Mags, Mags, you forget yourself. You forget yourself where you came from. I thought this was hysterical. Um, and Mags says to her back. Karen, she's as, as, as sure as you're still about, I'll never forget myself, because you'll always remind me <laughs> of where I came from. So there's a lot of people like that. That's what the Apostle talks about. It. I, I know my past. I know I put my hands up to it. Um, but Christ came and forgave me. So people might never forgive you. Family might never forgive you. But see me you know that Christ, who is, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, that, 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 that can do nothing, Ryan, and, and took, took and sweated blood, sweated blood for my guilt and for your guilt. Um, you're never meant to go over that. I don't think you're meant to go over that. That overwhelms me with a glory that the best is always yet to come for the believer. No, no the religious person that I was, um, that, that you know, thought I was a good boy because I went to confession. I used to go to confession and then go out and do the same things again. That, that day, that night, I would go and confess, oh, I feel guilty about this. And um, give myself a fright there in the club and that, that noise come back to me. Um, no, so I knew there was something, that, something wasn't real in that and wasn't right in that. The God that made heaven and earth, 
That's why I love the scriptures. The God who made heaven and earth has loved you as a, a believer. He's loved me as, as a, a, a believer who was a sinner and couldn't save himself. And you've trusted in the one that died on the cross. I, you know, so that's all our work is. It, it, isn't, it isn't rocket science. But I believe he's gave us something because we know that we've been rescued and we want to pass that message on to whosoever, not just the people in the street. Um, remember, there was a down and out and the up and out. It was, it's whosoever. If you're, if you're outside of Christ, um, it's a nightmare um, waiting on us, according to Scripture. I'm just going to leave it there. If anybody wanted to ask any questions, Mags is keen to answer any questions. If, if, <laughs> I don't know if she's keen. Did I say keen there? I say, but um, if you want to ask any questions, I mean, you know, I'm, just, um, I'm conscious of the time and I don't want to bore you to tears. <laughs> Can I just pray then? Let me just pray. Father, we thank you for a time like this. I thank you and pray that even for what's been said and, and, and thought, Lord, we pray that you're the God that knows us um, he knows us he knows inside out and we pray that you would so bless us and um, praising you for just that, that that glorious worship of you overwhelmed with, with that sense of of, of glory um, before the actual glory that awaits um, all your people so bless us Lord uh, as, as a body of your people um, wherever we come from whatever our past has been Lord knowing that you have died for, for all our sin and your been raised to justify us and we praise you and thank you for that great truth in Jesus precious name Amen